Welcome to the Claim Your Space podcast. I am your host, Belinda Aramity, and I share my experiences as a multi-six-figure business owner and coach so that you too can learn how to build a business in alignment with how you want to live your life. If you're tired of hustle culture and ready to start saying yes to dreaming big and achieving even bigger, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. So glad to have you and always appreciate your time. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 sneaky ways that you could very well be sabotaging your business. They're little things that when you put two or three together, they can really weigh your business down. Some of them are more psychological than they are like things that you're actually doing. Small, subtle decisions that you're making that show that you are self-sabotaging your business. Now, none of these are said in judgment. They're things that I've seen my clients do. They're things that I've had to call myself out on in my business. And some of them I've had to call myself out on as recently as in the last few days. But wisdom is to be shared. So here I am to share some of my wisdom. And I hope that you learn from everything that I shared today. So the first thing is, oh, I am, this is the big one for me. When good things happen, you downplay them. Now, this is as much psychological and just how the brain works and why it's so critically important that you don't do this as it is, you know, just giving yourself your flowers, right? So where it comes from in the brain, the brain naturally looks for the path of least resistance, right? So what you are doing when you are teaching your brain that when something good happens, that it is to be downplayed, that it isn't to be celebrated, that isn't to be focused, what happens is guess where you do put your energy, guess where you do focus on, you focus on and you spend time really drilling down on, oh my gosh, I got this wrong, this sucks, I suck, I can't get anything right. And so what happens is you're teaching your brain that it's the path of least resistance is to focus on the negative the habitual behavior that you are partaking in, the thing where you put the most energy into is the negative. And so what happens is as you're going about your day, as you're going about your week, as you're strategizing, your brain is going to default into the negative. It is going to play up the things that you choose to focus on because we have to realize that our brain is just taking cues from our thoughts, our feelings, and ultimately our actions and what it's going to do. So if you're not careful, you could subconsciously be teaching your brain to look for negative things because when the good things happen, you get really uneasy. It's a feeling that you don't like. And so it's that, oh my gosh, I want to turn away from that. And so your brain is going to help you and is going to be like, okay, well, this is not something we're striving for. We're actually striving for the negative feelings and the negative thoughts that Belinda, Sally, Susan, Sharon has been focusing on, okay? If you're the kind of person where you get a new client, but you wanted to get three new clients this month and you only got one, so you downplay celebrating the one that you did get. I would say that one of my biggest regrets in business has been not celebrating really significant moments because I was just so focused on trying to get to the next thing or, oh my gosh, I'm just so glad that we made it across the finish line instead of patting myself on the back. I really regret not celebrating booking my first speaking engagement or celebrating the fact that they reached back out to me and said, hey, 
We're planning the same event. You got some really great accolades last time. We want to have you again. Or celebrating a 93% approval rating because for that said speaking engagement, and it just happened a couple of months ago, they survey the audience and there was a 93% approval rating of what it was that I did. And guess what I focused on? Well, what was wrong with the 7%? And it's not even like the 7%. They said that it was a crappy, you know, speaking engagement. They just said, meh, it was all right. But that's where my focus was. I completely ignored the 93% of people who loved my presentation and would recommend it to other people. And what was I telling myself? And sometimes I think about, you know, little Belinda, or I think about my kids. And I think, would I ever tell them, well, what happened to the other 7%? And mind you, I know that there are some parents out there that are like that. I am not that parent where I would never let my daughter beat herself up because she got only a 93%. I'd be like, girl, if you don't come with me to go get some ice cream, (laughs) I'd be celebrating it. I would not let her berate herself over 7% but I do it to myself all the time. I focus on that 7%. And that is sabotaging me in my business, is sabotaging my success. And it is clinically proven when it comes to cognition and the study of the brain that I am doing really significant damage to my self-esteem and ultimately to the results that I'm able to bring forth in my business. So number one, when good things happen, you downplay. That's the first sabotaging behavior that could be hampering the growth in your business. The second thing, you're slow to invoice clients. I'm very funny. I go through ebbs and flows. I've got one client in particular that I still manually send out invoices and there's no really rhyme or reason for it. But I send this company manual invoices and sometimes I'm slow to do it. Sometimes I can blame it on I'm busy and I just totally forgot. Other times I am genuinely just dragging my feet. And I've come to realize that when it comes to invoicing and manually invoicing people, and if you find it's hard for you, there is a reason for it. There's a reason for everything, right? But what I've come to realize is that that reason is often based in deservedness. Do I deserve to charge this much for the work that I do? Another thing that I've realized sometimes with people that I've worked with is sometimes they're actually not living up to their end of the bargain. And that is the reason why they have a hard time sending out invoices because they feel guilty. They're like, oh my gosh, I really, I don't deserve to send this out, but it's because I haven't done the work. So if you find that you're slow to invoice people, there are a couple of ways that I would handle it. One, I would work on your relationship with money. And a lot of times our businesses just serve to have magnify something that we feel in our private lives or in our personal lives. So if you find that you are slow to invoice or you're having some money issues within your business, don't think of it as a business issue. Think of it as a, why am I like this? Do I exhibit this behavior anywhere else outside of the business in any other relationships, so on and so forth. But another workaround is just to set up automatic invoicing for it to come out the same day of the month. So every 13th, this invoice is going to be sent to my clients for it to be paid in five days or to be paid on receipt or for it to go out on the third Thursday of every month. But maybe you need to figure out how in your invoicing software, how it can be sent out automatically. So it's something you don't have to think about and you don't have to have a money block. But if I want you to really think though, do you genuinely truly believe that you deserve to be getting the money that comes in? Because even if you figure out automatic invoicing and now you don't have to think about it, 
there is a money block. And until even if you're getting money into your business, not identifying and dealing with that money block, you'll find a different way to sabotage the money. I speak from experience. So number two, you're slow to invoice clients. Number three, you don't network. Oh my gosh, networking is so, so important. And I think it took a little bit of a backseat or it looked different because of the pandemic. But part of working smart is leveraging relationships and leveraging relationships to get into places that would either take you a really long time to get in on your own or places that you never would have gotten in to at all. Because whether we like it or not, there are cliques and societies and people who like to work with people who they know. It helps lower the resistance. I remember a CFO client of mine, she told me, she was like, you know, the reason why a Fortune 500s will tend to work with companies that have worked with other Fortune 500s is I know that Coca-Cola wouldn't work with that person without doing their due diligence. So now I don't have to be worried about the fact that I'm taking a huge, massive risk because this company, this company, this company has worked with them. And that's why people put social proof on their websites or they put those company emblems on their websites because it helps to pull down the resistance that, hey, if that company trusts that person, then I can trust them too. And the same thing with networking and being able to leverage relationships from networking in order to get new opportunities. You know, when I first started my business, a huge goal of mine was to do workshops with Fortune 500 companies. I wanted the money and I wanted the prestige that tends to come with working with large organizations. And so the first large organization that I work with, Ingram Micro, it was by way of introduction. I had someone who I networked with. She reached out to me and she said, hey, one of my clients are looking for workshops, the kind of workshops that you do. Are you open to an introduction? I was like, I'm looking at the message like, heck yeah. And to this day is still one of the easiest sales that I ever did. I had one conversation with my acquaintance, now friend at the time, and they were on the call and who they were introducing me to were on the call. And they're like, yep, just send us over the contract and the particulars of exactly how much this is cost and we'll move this forward. It needs to be under 25,000 or a CFO has to sign the check. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was just so easy. But that is the power of networking and constantly networking. And it needs to be something that, in my opinion, you should be doing at least once every month or two, where you're going to a networking event, you're reaching out to a few people who, you know, you haven't started a conversation with in a little while and just see how they're doing. Introduce yourself, you know, have a conversation. But networking is so, so important to business growth. And if you're not doing it, you're sabotaging your business. Number four, You don't have fellow entrepreneurs that you speak to about your business. Now, I always use this example. So for all my moms out there that listen to this podcast, you know that there's a big difference between talking to your mom friends about a situation with your kid and talking to your friends that don't have moms. And it's not a knock at people who don't have children. It's just that it's one of those things where if you know, you know. Engineers know the same thing, right? There's talking to me about your engineering problems and there's talking to someone who is also an engineer about your engineering problems. I can just nod and say, mm-hmm, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah, I can just provide emotional support outside of that. I can't help you. But it's the same thing, right? When you have a group of entrepreneurs that you can talk to, they can help downplay what it is that you're worried about. They can help you realize, okay, yeah, this is a big deal, but hey, I went through the same thing. Or hey, I've got a girlfriend who went through the same thing. Let me make an introduction. You know what I mean? 
So I think that it's really, really important as an entrepreneur that you have other fellow entrepreneurs that you can talk to about business so they can help you come up with really big ideas. They can help encourage you. They can be there as support. Number four, you don't have fellow entrepreneurs that you can speak to about business. Number five, you aren't refreshing your offers. So I was very particular about the choice of words that I decided to use with this one. And the idea is all around refreshing your offers. And you don't always have to come up with new offers, but you do need to refresh them. As the market changes or you change, you want your offers to reflect that. Sometimes it's as simple as refreshing the words that you're using on your landing pages so that people get the point and it doesn't seem like, oh, this person is of a different time, right? Maybe you need to add elements to your offers that are more refreshing and are more what the market is demanding right now. So you don't always need to come up with something new, but think of refreshing your offers and think of some of your legacy offers. Is there anything that I can do to refresh them? I think that we put ourselves under a lot of pressure and I blame social media for this, that we always have to come up with something new. And sometimes you don't need to come up with new. That is exhausting. That takes a lot of effort and energy. And sometimes all you need is a refresh. But if you aren't coming up with new offers and you're not coming up with ideas to refresh your offers, you could be sabotaging your business. The sixth thing that you could be doing to sabotage your business is you aren't documenting your systems and processes. So what I've realized, I've done this, a lot of my clients have done this, but I do have a handful of clients that document systems when it starts with them. And that is the thing that you need to do. And that's something that I started to do about a year ago, where the systems and processes, you document what it is that you're doing as you're doing it so that the next time you're doing it, you're not starting from scratch. This is important because it helps reserve your brain power for things that are of a critical nature or things that are require your creativity. Your brain requires energy. It requires literally hundreds, if not thousands of calories or into the thousands of calories every single day just to operate. Your brain uses energy. I think the stat is over 35,000 decisions that you have to make in a day. No wonder we're mentally exhausted. So documenting your systems and processes helps for it down the line when you are looking to hire someone. And so those systems are already documented and you're not having to go through the system again in order to document it, in order to teach it to someone. You can focus more on training and bringing that someone on board versus having to document and then train and bring them on board. But it also helps you, right? So if you're documenting your processes as a solo entrepreneur and you're bringing something to launch, you only need to document it once and then you can lean on your systems that are already documented. I mean, literally in a Word doc and then you know what to do and you don't have to be worried that you're missing any steps because you already documented what those steps are. So maybe it's too much to document your processes while you're doing it, but always remember at the end of the day or at the end of the launch, okay, what did I do in order for this to be successful? Or if something isn't as successful as you would have wanted it to be, you could figure out, all right, that wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be. What can I add to my process in order for that to be the case? So number six, you aren't documenting your systems and processes. Number seven, you try to focus on improving too many things all at the same time. Now, girl, <laughs> that is me. All right. This is, this is me. I know other people can only do one thing at a time, but I can do 12. <laughs> no, I can't. I can maybe do three. <laughs> but even then, I'm splitting my focus. And so 
I realized in the last week that part of I've been having issues with sleeping lately and just feeling really anxious. And I'm like, Belinda, you're trying to do too many things all at once. And even though I have the capacity to do it, the quality of what I'm doing, I know that is what's hampering me down. That is what's making me feel less than. That is what's making me feel frustrated is because I know I can do better than this. But you tend to only be able to do better at something when you're not also trying to do something else at the same time. Even though in a triathlon, you run, you bike, and you swim, you're not trying to run, bike, and swim all at the same time. Try swim with a bike on your legs. I mean, what are we doing here? So a way that you could be sabotaging your business is that you're just trying to focus on improving too many things all at once. So my word of advice, if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling really overwhelmed, there's a lot going on, or you're not seeing the change as quickly or with the quality that you would like to, You might be trying to do too many things all at once, like me. Number eight, you're afraid to talk about your business. Listen, this one is really simple. And I think that this is something that I've struggled with in the past myself is the idea of telling people I'm a business coach and just owning it. Like I'm a business coach and I know why I struggle. I've struggled in the past. And sometimes if I'm honest, I still to this day do because people have negative connotations when you tell them that you're a business coach, but I'm proud of the work that I do. Listen, my clients have some amazing transformations and I'm really proud of the work that I'm doing. And so I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to signal to my brain that I should be ashamed of the work that I do because guess what? That energy, when you are afraid to talk about your business and to own it, that comes out in how you show up, how you show up on social media, how you show up in your messaging, how you show up on your calls. So don't be afraid to talk about your business because you never know what conversation is going to be the conversation that can literally change the trajectory of your business and ultimately your life. Number nine, you aren't expanding the types of rooms that you're in. And when I mean this, I mean, you know, let's say you typically are on podcasts and the podcast type that you are on are really business focused. Well, what if you could expand the podcast that you're on to leadership or to motivation or positive thinking podcasts so that you expand your reach, your audience touch, and ultimately your personal brand? Or if you typically are in podcast rooms, but you're not thinking about expanding your reach to conferences and trying to get on the stage or in the breakout rooms at conferences or within different communities, you know, maybe you focus on speaking to women that are doctors and maybe you're like, okay, well, maybe I should be speaking to women that are engineers too or events, right? So you've got to expand the types of rooms that you're in to expand your reach and to really expand the way that your business can grow. You may have originally thought that as I did in my business when I started my business, I was going to focus on working with corporates, but I found that I love working with individuals. And if I wasn't willing to expand the types of rooms that I was in and the types of offers that I was willing to make, then I never would have found that out. And I never would have found this type of stability that I have in my business as I do right now. And lastly, 10 is a lot. (laughs) Number 10, you don't think you're amazing. Do you know the courage that it takes to start a business? Do you know the sheer brilliance that it takes to have a business day in and day out and to turn a profit? I don't think people realize the significance of being an entrepreneur and being a business owner, the risk that it is the courage to keep going, the strength to keep going when you just keep getting doors 
figuratively and literally shut in your face, when opportunities don't feel abundant, but you choose to continue to believe that things aren't great right now, but they will because I'm amazing. Did you know, according to PitchBook, the 100 startups worth over a billion dollars that went public, 64% of them were not profitable. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of names because you're going to know these names. I'm talking about Zillow. I'm talking about Uber. I'm talking about Lyft. I'm talking about Pinterest, WeWork, Spotify, and even freaking Tesla. We see Teslas everywhere. Tesla is everywhere. But before they went public, worth over a billion dollars, they were not profitable. This information is correct and current as of 2019, but you can only go public once, right? So at the time of going public, Zillow, Uber, Lyft, Pinterest, WeWork, Spotify, and Tesla, and that isn't a comprehensive list. There was a whole bunch of other names I chose to leave off. They weren't making a profit. If you are a service-based business owner and you turn a profit, you're able to keep the lights on. You're able to continue to replace your salary. You should be so freaking proud of yourself. You should know I'm amazing because guess what? It requires so much to start a business and you can choose to believe anything about yourself. So why not choose to believe that you're amazing? Because the proof is in the pudding, honey. The proof is in the pudding. So that's it. Those are the 10 things that are sneakily sabotaging your business, that you are are signaling to your mind, body, and spirit that I don't want good things. I don't want this to work. And I want this to work for you. And I know you want this to work for you because you got into business because there were things that corporate couldn't give you. And you deserve to have those things. I want those things for you. And I know that you want those things for you. So avoid sabotaging your business by doing these 10 things and choose to do something different. Even if you've already done one of the sabotaging things today, that's fine. The blessing of another day is another opportunity to start fresh and you can start fresh tomorrow. All right. So as always, I hope you found this episode useful or helpful in some way. Reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Take a screenshot, share it, share the word, share with a friend who needs to hear this episode. And until next time, I'll talk to you later. Bye.